everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Tim's got a little smirk on his face. I don't know why, but thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you guys being here on a nice It's a beautiful Monday morning here in Michigan, Tim. The sun is shining, 37 degrees. It's go- it's a it's a beautiful winter day. It's awesome. I love it. You're in Savannah, Georgia? I am. I am. Lovely. How is the hotel in Savannah? Better than most? Worse <laughs> yeah. than others? I'm at a nice uh, five-star quality inn. I got a great view of the parking lot. I can see almost the entire thing, so it's pretty neat. Uh, but it's great. Honestly, so this is this is the, the kind of entering the home stretch of this little road trip. So I spent Friday driving from Charlotte to Wilmington, North Carolina, hung out there. It's a cool beach town. And then I checked out Myrtle Beach. I checked out uh, Charleston for a couple of days. I had family there. And now I'm in Savannah, Georgia, which is really cool. A lot of history. It's a very, very old city. A lot of cool, cool buildings and the um, the stone streets and all that. And so, yeah, it's neat. And then tonight I'm heading to Atlanta for a work conference. So but as as the usual, the content doesn't rest, even though we're traveling, even though you don't go anywhere. But I do. For all of our listeners who maybe have just joined us, <clears throat> Tim on his time off likes to LARP live action role play where you dress up in fun costumes and you pretend to fight. Does this. Being in the South, Tim, spur those kind of feelings like you want to get out there and pretend that you're doing something that other great people have done? So, first of all, I've never LARPed. <clears throat> I don't. I've never LARPed. People are picturing uh, what's the what's the movie with Paul Rudd? Role, Role models. models. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not what I've done. So and second of all, no, it's a regular city. There's no difference. So so. Just answer these questions, yes or no. I don't want any explanations. Do you dress up in a costume? No. Do you put on a uniform? First of all, it's... It, yes. We're diverting from the yes or no answers. Yes. Do uniform. you put a uniform on? You're talking present tense. I haven't done it in five years, but I'll say... Have yeah. you... I feel like I'm questioning a criminal right now. <laughs> Have you, Mr. Wurzberger, worn a uniform? At one point. Yes. Did you or did you not have a weapon while you used that, had that uniform on? Yes. Were there other people around wearing uniforms? Yes. Did you pretend to reenact fights? There it is. Reenact. Reenact. <clears throat> World War II reenacting is very different from LARPing. Did you... Like you didn't understand. Did you pretend to shoot somebody during this reenactment i didn't want salmon i said it five times yes did you yes. and did they pretend die yes it's larping no it's not it's like when a kid gets a doll it's an action figure I'm like that's a doll bro you're playing with a doll you know it's an action figure it's potato potatoes you got to embrace it who cares it's fun. It's, it's an important distinction. There was kids on campus at Michigan Tech who would do that. They'd have the big foam swords and they'd have the big capes and they would pretend that they were lightsabers and they would fight. That sounds fun. You should have hung out with those kids. They'd be a good influence on you. I, I would have loved to, but I was too busy like playing hockey and going to class. I didn't have free time at Tech. By the way, 
Michigan Tech, the big NCAA selection committee, was this past Sunday. Tech made the tournament, Tim. I saw. Yeah. They are a number 10 seed. They start off this Friday against Penn State, who's the number eight seed, the hosting team. So it's going to be a little hostile environment for Michigan Tech, but they'll be fine. Penn State, I have a connection with them. I don't know if it's a connection. It's like six degrees of separation. The owner of Penn State, if you can have an owner for a college team, the guy who started the program was Terry Pagula, the owner of the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Bills. Guess how much, like, the sway that he has. He just said, I went to Penn State. I like hockey. I'm going to start a hockey program at Penn State. (laughs) And he just built a rink. Gave them a ton of money, and now all of a sudden they're a D1 hockey team. Imagine having that much money and power to do that. Just to say, I like hockey, let's just start a D1 program. Isn't that, isn't that just blow your mind How that people ago? can do that? Like, Five years ago? Ten oh, years really? ago? Not long. This is recent. Wow. Yeah, so good, good for Penn State making the tournament. I don't know if the hosts always make the tournament, but... Good for them. They're the 10th seed. Tech's going to just destroy them. Tech's been champing at the bit ever since they got beat out by Northern Michigan. The scumbags from Marquette. Dirty dirtbags from Marquette, Michigan. The Northern Northern Michigan Wildcats pulled a fast one on the Huskies in the, in the semifinals. But yeah, I'll be watching. It'll be a good game. This is the highest they've been ranked in a long time. So good for Michigan Tech. Joe Sean, coach of the year. Blake Piatala goalie of the year in the ccha it's looking good for michigan tech it's looking real good and your alma mater tim are they are they uh doing no. anything who's the who's the number one is it is it michigan you would have to think I, I don't know who the number one is but yeah michigan minnesota mankato states up there yeah western michigan <clears throat> there's some good teams out there it's fun it's college hockey it's a fun it's a fun time to be a college hockey fan every year number one overall picks from university of michigan i don't know how it works that way not this year though who's gonna be the number one pick this year tim uh, i don't know connor bedard just got 12 points this weekend regina pats the kid's unbelievable we'll get into a connor bedard breakdown in another in another show but in this show we're going to talk about the nhl but first of all i want to tell you about trust tim trust. how much how much uh you're not married so you can't really answer this question this is for all the married people out there and people with boyfriends and girlfriends how much do you trust your significant other. And I'm going to tell you how much I trust my significant other. Wow. And if you would do this, this is a test in a relationship. My wife's phone broke this past weekend. Her screen didn't work. She was unable to use it. I gave her my phone carte blanche today. I just gave it to her. That's trust. That is a test of trust right there. If you can do that in your relationship, it's true love. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but maybe I wouldn't be able to do this 15 years ago before we got married. Now I said, take my phone, do whatever you want with it. I don't even need it. So there you go. That's that's the test. So, But which way is the trust test happening? Are you saying I trust you with my phone? Or are you saying you can look through my phone, you can trust me? Um, I think it goes both ways. Two things can be true at the same time. Okay. So I trust her. That she won't go diving, trying to find stuff. But if she does, she's not going to find anything. Good luck, baby. And mind you, I wiped it clean before I gave it to her. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But I think that's a, like, imagine in college, if you're like, 
when my wife and I started dating, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like what is on this phone? I'd be a nervous wreck because I don't know who's messaging me or what I've done. But now I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'm a grown man. Take my phone. And I was just thinking about it driving into work today. I'm like, gosh, it's nice. So yeah, maybe do a little introspection. Could I hand my phone to my significant other and be fine with it? And if you can't, maybe make some changes. Be more like John. I don't know. And one more thing. <laughs> I did some introspection. We had a, a tweet the other day, and I don't have my phone because I can't, I can't bring it up right now. But Tim, you know the tweet I'm talking about. Someone was a little angry at me. They said, John, you have been just complaining a lot lately because I really went in on Jordan Bennington. I was upset. And this fan tweeted at me and I, I just want to apologize. Do you have the tweet, Tim, that you could read it off? What he said? Yeah. yeah what is it? What, what did this uh, listener say? At dropping the gloves. Do you two need to sound so whiny all the time? John Scott has fully turned into get off my lawn guy. The Bennington shtick I can agree with to an extent, but really, John, I'll break the guy's wrists. You're a tool pad, a tool pal. <laughs> Take the stick out your arse. Who sent it? Just so he can get his due. Uh, Coach B. I agree with the Coach B. Maybe I went a little bit too far. So I will try to look at things on the on the, the sunny side of life. So, you know, you got to be able to admit when you're wrong. And I told Tim, I'm like, I'm going to apologize to the guy. And he's like, don't do it. Tim wanted to like, oh, let's start a Twitter war. I'm wrong, Coach B. You got it. I'll try to be more positive. I do look at things with the glass half empty. You're more of a glass half full guy. Right, Tim? I try to be. I try to be yeah. when I can, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm the How's the book sales going, by the way? They're good. TimWartzberger.com. Check it out. I brought a few with me. I'm probably up to like maybe 275 in sales out of the 500 that I bought. So Very nice. Yeah. It's going to plateau, but then you got to really push. You might have to lower yeah. the price. 25 is a lot. Well, 25 includes shipping. Uh, flat it rate. Anywhere in, in, in the United States. A couple people were confused by that, but Yeah. I get it. Maybe do some giveaways on the show. Maybe. Maybe I should. That's a good idea. I'm not. I haven't cracked it just yet. I'll get to it. I have a I have a big just bookshelf that I have to get through. Me you too. know? Yeah. And I just I can't read more than one book at once. So <clears throat> I'm still I'm still working working through no apologies. Once I get through that, then I have another one. And then I have yours. Yours is third on the list. So probably by 2025. I do one book a year. <laughs> I'm doing like one book a week. It's great. But I also don't have seven. Why do you why do you do that? I enjoy reading. No, just throw me under the bus and just make me feel bad. Yes or no question, John. Do you <clears throat> read more than one book every six months? Yes or no? That's all. No, I don't. No. <clears throat> I just fine. said one a year. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to I just want to hear a straight answer out of you. I just said I read one book a year. You relax. You're making me nervous. All right. Let's get to the NHL. The wild card watch, Tim. Things are getting interesting in the West and in the East. Last time we checked in, there was a ton of teams vying for the wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. There was the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Florida, Washington, Buffalo, Ottawa. Detroit was even in the conversation a week and a half ago. Fast forward to now. What's what's happening? Buffalo can't win a game. Ottawa, with all their acquisitions, the Jacob Chitron trade, we're going all in. We're not out of this. They've been floundering. The Detroit Red Wings 
are playing very uninspired hockey. They are losing every game they play. Washington has all of a sudden fallen out of sorts, which I knew they would. Ovi can't stop scoring. He just scored two the other night. He's got 39 on the year. But they're floundering. The Florida Panthers are on fire. And all of a sudden, it's a three-team race for two wildcard spots. I did not expect this whatsoever, but it's very exciting coming down. We're in the last two weeks of the season, maybe two and a half weeks. There's only 10, 11 games each for each team. What's happening, Tim? Who do you think is going to grab those last two spots? Gone are the days that I predicted Buffalo and Detroit. They're they're out of it, like out of it. Dylan Cousins, we had him on the show a week and a half ago. He was excited. The boys were excited. That was after their Bruins shellacking when they lost 7-1. They followed that up by just getting waxed even worse last night, 7 nothing by the Boston Bruins. Combined score of 14-1. to The last two games they played Boston. They have no business making the playoffs, the Buffalo Sabres. See, Let's be frank about that. What's that? He fought uh, trying to fight. <clears throat> that? Uh, I didn't see the actual fight. I saw that he did fight him, but I, I couldn't watch any more of that game. Once it was four nothing, I was like, I, <clears throat> how do you lose to a team fourteen to one in two consecutive games? I, I don't know. It's hard to do. But getting back to the wild card, what are your thoughts? Because this all of a sudden very wide open wild card with five or six or seven teams is tightened up a little bit, Tim. Yeah, that's why every game counts so much at this point in the season. So now it really is a three-team race, like you said. The two spots right now are currently held by the Islanders and the Penguins with 80 and 78 points, respectively. However, the Isles have played two more games. And Florida has 77 points, so they're right behind them with two games in hand. They beat the Devils on Saturday night, which was a big, big win for them. They've won two wins in a row. They've done really, really well. I think they've won seven out of their last ten. Like, they're a good, good team. Washington has fallen out, 73 points. They've lost two straight. They've only won four in their last 10. I think they're falling away. You've already mentioned the the Sabres and Senators are probably out of that conversation now unless something dramatic happens. So it's really a three-team race. And like you said, it's it's the old boys club. It's the Panthers, it's the Penguins, and it's the Islanders. And one of those teams will be out. But right now, based on what what I'm seeing, I think it's probably going to be the Islanders – and um, Florida. I think the Penguins might be squeezed out. Yeah, a big, and maybe it's not that drastic, but Florida really didn't do much of the deadline because they're up up against the cap. Everybody knows that. A big thing with the Florida Panthers, they got Anthony Duclair back. He's been out for the whole season rehabbing. Was it a Achilles injury he suffered, Tim, in the offseason? I believe so, yeah. I believe so. They get him back. He's got a goal, two assists. He slides into the first line with uh, Alexander Barkov and Itu Lustanarin. And all of a sudden, Florida has a very solid lineup. You can bump San Reinhardt down. You got Lumberg, Lundell, and Reinhardt on the third line. And not many people are talking about what Matthew Kachuk is doing. He is having a fantastic year. Coming over from Calgary, the big piece that was supposed to Turn this team in from from a soft first round exit the year before to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was the playoff guy. He's the grit. He's the grime. He's the guy who's going to just be a playoff performer. Well, don't look now. The guy's got 92 points in 66 games so far. He's leading this team by far. The next closest is Carter Verhage at 61 points. This is Matthew Kachuk's team. This isn't Alexander Barkov's team. This isn't Ekblad's team. This is Matthew Kachuk's team. He's got his fingerprints all over it. With that being said, Tim, I think Florida's going to sneak into the playoffs too. 
They're going to get a first round matchup with the Boston Bruins. Is there any hesitation if you're the Boston Bruins when you're facing the Florida Panthers? They're a different team. Do you, do, are you scared at all if you're the Bruins? Uh, well, scared, no, because you're expected to beat anyone you face in the first probably two rounds. I would say not easy, but like that should be your matchup. But yeah, I'd rather play the Islanders or the Penguins, I think, than the Florida. Uh, something about it is a little bit of an X factor. The Bruins haven't seen them much in the playoffs like they have with the other teams in the last few years. And, and Kachuk is the kind of guy that can win a series, and he's built for the playoffs way more than a guy like his counterpart, Huberdeau. So, yeah, that wouldn't be an easy matchup for anyone in the first round. Yeah, and then the President's Trophy curse, where the winner of the President's Trophy hasn't won the Cup in over a decade. So the Bruins are coming in. They haven't really had that much adversity this season. They've really ran it from wire to wire. From the drop of the puck three and a half months ago, they've been in first place. And they haven't relinquished that spot. I think their longest losing streak is two games. Correct me if I'm wrong. So what happens if you go into the playoffs and all of a sudden... You catch a hot team. Sergei Bobrovsky is a Vesna caliber goalie. You have the pieces there in Florida that can really make me nervous. I don't know. I'm not saying the Bruins should be nervous. But the ingredients are there. If if this does happen and this is a first round matchup, I could see it going six. I really could. Six or seven games. I, I like the Florida Panthers. The Eric Stahl pickup, Nick Cousins, Colin White. It's not a bad fourth line. But the Anthony Duclair addition, him coming back, that is a big deal. It's a very big deal for me. They have good defense. They got a very solid goaltender. I don't know. I like what the Panthers are doing. It Compared to the last year to this year, when the Panthers were the President's Trophy winner, averaging four goals a game, cruising through the regular season, they didn't scare anybody. Everybody knew who they were. They're a high-octane offense that is soft. You punch them in the face, you grind them out, they're going to lose. And it showed in the playoffs. Tampa Bay went in there. Killorn, Point, Hedman, Paul, Hagel, all these guys. And they just outworked them, and they out-hustled them, and Florida just caved. And they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. This is a different team. I, I truly believe this team is better than last year's team that was just setting all kinds of records. So... It's it's going to be a tall tall task to play the Boston Bruins, but I don't mind this Florida Panthers team, Tim. I really don't, especially this late season push when there's something to play for. They're going to be coming into the playoffs on that high. We made it. We got into the playoffs. Let's just continue it right into the playoffs. First round matchup versus Boston Bruins. So it's fun. I like it. I like this team. They're a good team, but they they still now are technically out of the playoff race. They're I know they have a couple of games in hand letting the Islanders, like I said, but they're t- currently on the outside looking in, but they are trending up. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh is sort of, they're not doing terrible, but they're sort of flatlining a little bit. They're just sort of like right middle of the road, just playing basically 500 hockey. They're being carried by the, the usual suspects, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and then they got the supplemental scoring, but they're just not, they're not looking like the, a team to be afraid of. And, you know, one of the, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. I think out of those teams, the Penguins or the Islanders, the Pittsburgh will be the one outside looking in. I I, I don't know. I, when I look at the Panthers' schedule, it's not as bad as other teams' schedules. They play Detroit, they play Philly, they play Montreal, they play Ottawa. All very, very winnable games. I think they go out and they finish 750 their last 12 games. I think they're going to win the majority of them. They play Buffalo, they play Ottawa, they play Columbus. It's a very 
winnable schedule. When you go to Pittsburgh, they have a little bit harder schedule. They play the likes of the Islanders. They get Tampa Bay. They get Colorado. They get Dallas. So they have a little bit tougher schedule to finish up. And I, I think it's time. I think it's time to stick a fork in the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a good 15 years. It's time we move on. There's a new crop of teams in the Eastern Conference. We need to just move on from these guys. As much as I love Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Ovechkin and Wilson and Oshie and Backstrom and Kuznetsov, it's time, you guys. It's the Rangers' time. It's the Hurricanes' time. It's Tampa. It's Tampa Bay's time. Last three years. So I don't know. I think I think it's you know those teams will feel the effect of re-signing all those guys in the next three, four, or five years, and they will be not. Wild card, they'll be the bottom of the league next year. Man, maybe not next year, the year after. So it's it's time. It's time to say goodbye to these teams. I agree. I just wish it was Washington and Pittsburgh being pushed out by like Buffalo and Ottawa it would be way more like you know romantic than this the next team that have always been there, like Florida and the Islanders. Like I wish we were seeing like Dylan Cousins and Tage push out Crosby and Malkin, but probably next year. Next year, I think will be those teams' times. Maybe not Detroit. I'm. I, I wish I could say Detroit. I well, really do. Don't forget, they were sellers at the deadline, so they've been playing poorly, and they've traded some of their best players. I know. I think it's Buffalo and Detroit, Ottawa. I, you're still in on the Ottawa train. I. I don't know if they can really get much better. I think Batherson, we've seen his best hockey. Brady, we've seen his best hockey. The addition of Chitron helps. I, I just don't know how much of a higher level that those guys can get to. The no, Stutzel, so, three-year-olds, like why they're going to get better? I don't know. I just don't know if their ceiling is as high as Buffalo and Detroit's. That's all I'm saying. I think when we look back next year, two years from now, three years from now, I think Buffalo and Detroit just will be a little bit further along than the Ottawa Senators. That's all. Man, things could change. Anything's possible in the Eastern Conference right now. All I know is Florida's going to get in. Pittsburgh's not going to make it. The Islanders are going to be in the first wild card. Florida will be in the second wild card. That's all I know. <laughs> Anything else, I don't know. But yeah, yeah good for Cro- going down in just the history. Where does Pittsburgh rank when it comes to dynasties? Would you consider them a dynasty? And where do they kind of match up compared to, let's compare them to Tampa Bay, Chicago, LA Kings, the modern day dynasties. Yeah, they're 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 up there because they what years did they win? Oh nine, then sixteen, seventeen, right? Two, th- three, yeah. Eight, oh, right. Three, yes, yeah, right. Sixteen, so probably three and eight years. Yeah, I would consider that a dynasty. They were at the top of the standings every year, the top of the points producers every year. So I would probably put them behind the Blackhawks, but ahead of the Kings. Those are the only really teams that have won multiple championships. Well, Lightning, Lightning. Oh, it's a good point. I would put them ahead of the Lightning too. Ahead of the Lightning. Yeah, there's a little bit of recency bias there with the Lightning because they're still good and they're still an elite team. But I don't think they were their window for being, I mean, it could still go on, but they were, yeah. they've only been a top team for like maybe four or five years now, like elite, 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 where Pet- Pittsburgh was that for a decade. So, yeah, I'll agree with you there. I'll agree with you. All right, let's move on to the Western Conference, Tim. What's going on over there? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this, and I think the final teams are probably locked in between the Kraken and the Jets. The Kraken have come down a little bit, but I think it's less to do with them coming down and more with the Oilers playing really well and and jumping up, finally climbing out of that wild card spot to third in the Pacific behind Vegas and the LA Kings. 
Um, the Oilers have 86 points. The Kraken have 83. So they're still pretty close. They're probably switched. But I think both of those teams are pretty much a lock to make it. It's that second wild card spot where things are really interesting. And right now, the Jets are doing everything they can to not win hockey games. They've lost three out of four. They have 81 points. They're currently still in that second wild card spot. But the only reason that they haven't slid out completely is that the team behind them are also playing poorly. So that's why I think those last two teams are probably going to stay in. But Calgary is going to make it interesting. All the teams in the West, except for the top six, the the the, the six teams that already locked in, the Dallas, the Cal, or sorry, not Calgary, the Edmontons, the the top six, the two wild card teams, and the three teams chasing them: Calgary, Nashville, and St. Louis are all bad. They're all really, really bad. Seattle's been playing junk. Winnipeg's been playing like junk. Calgary is playing terrible. Nashville is playing terrible. St. Louis, the best team in the Western Conference that is not in the top six is the Vancouver Canucks. They're the only team that's playing consistent hockey who's playing really well. Uh, Just when I think the West can't get any worse, it does. It's depressing. This is the time of year when you're supposed to be playing your best, right? If you're in a playoff spot, you're supposed to be working out all the kinks, getting ready for the playoffs. And those teams are Minnesota's playing great. Dallas is playing really good. Vegas and LA are playing phenomenal. Same with Edmonton, Colorado starting to come around. Those six teams are playing great. The teams that have a sense of urgency to try to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know what's going on with them. I really don't. The Seattle Kraken, everybody's darling the first couple of months of the year. They just can't seem to figure it out. Mind you, I'll, I'll say this. They are beating the teams that they're supposed to be. Every non-playoff team Seattle plays, they beat. Every team that is in the playoffs, they lose. So I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. They play Edmonton, they lose. They play San Jose, they win. They lose to Dallas, they beat Anaheim. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They They can beat the teams that are worse than them. But every team they play that's better than them, they lose to. So I, I guess they're setting themselves up for a first-round exit. Right. There's no team in the playoffs and they're, that they're better than. So, yeah, you're, you're probably right. It's just frustrating. It, it, it's frustrating for me as a fan to look at a team like the Calgary Flames and just say, what are we doing, you guys? These teams are gifting you a playoff spot. They're gifting it to you. The way they've been playing the Calgary Flames for the last month and a half, it's like, what? don't you just shake your head at it? I know you didn't play any, and this is where I don't want to insult you. You didn't play any competitive hockey, but this is the time of year where you're doing the hard things. You're going out of your way to win hockey games. And Jacob Markstrom's been playing great. He's been playing really good hockey the last month and they still can't win. Winnipeg has been playing garbage. What are you laughing at? You, you're talking about NHL standing, but you slipped a little just insult in there that had nothing to do with the points you're trying to make. Well, I, it, it, because it just it's counterintuitive to what you're supposed to do during the season. You're supposed to that. take it take it easy for the first this. couple of months, and then you're really like you you're blocking shots, you're hitting, you're playing as hard as you can to get in the playoffs. The Winnipeg Jets aren't doing it. They just lost to the Blues three nothing last night. That's a travesty. The Blues traded everybody at the deadline. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, they tried to get rid of everybody. And they still get blanked by the St. Louis Blues. 
I, I don't understand what's happening in Winnipeg right now. It's frustrating to watch. It really is. Nobody wants to take a hold of this division for the for the wild card position. It's just, it's not good hockey. It really isn't. I want Calgary to play good. I want them to get into the playoffs. When I look at these teams, I go, okay, Calgary could be fun to watch in the playoffs. So could Winnipeg. I don't really, I, I don't drink the Seattle crack and Kool-Aid just yet. I don't think it's there. But the Jets and the Flames, they are good hockey teams. I just don't know why they can't figure it out. Sutter should have been fired a month ago. That's what I think. He should have been gone. They should have brought someone in to kind of just have a refresh, just a reset button. Let's go. Let's change it all up. We have a good team. Away we go. But they didn't. And so now they're stuck. They have 12 games left to play. They're four points back of the Jets. There's still time. They can do this. They have one game in hand. Can they Can they catch them? I don't know. They have the easiest remaining schedule the Calgary Flames do. They play all the West Coast teams. They play Vancouver. They play Anaheim a bunch of times. They go to Chicago. They play Winnipeg. It'll be a crucial game. They can do this, Tim. Out of the out of the three in the West right now, because I I don't think any other team's going to catch it. Nashville's not in there. St. Louis is not in there. Who makes it in? Is it Calgary? Is it Winnipeg? Or is it the Seattle Kraken? Which which two of those three do you think are getting in? I do think it's a team currently in the spots. I think Seattle will stay in there, and I think Winnipeg will figure it out. And they'll they'll probably be a first-round exit. Nothing they're doing is inspiring to me, but Calgary's just playing worse. But on the flip side, I will say, if there's a team in hockey that's currently out of the playoffs that's capable of winning like nine out of the last 12 and entering the playoffs as the hottest team in hockey, don't you think Calgary could do that? It's the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, too far out. Too far out. It's the same one. We'll get to them in a second. But I do think it's the Calgary Flames. I really do. The way they've been playing, they are playing good defense. They just, it's been the story of the year for them for whatever reason. I know they put seven up versus the Vegas Golden Knights two nights ago, and they put five up versus the Dallas Stars. They can't seem to get consistent scoring. It's feast or famine with them. They can't just consistently get three goals a game, which you need to get to win in the NHL. They go from seven, and then they're down to one, 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 zero, zero. They they can't get that just consistency, and that's maddening for a coach. It's maddening for a hockey team when you know you can throw goals up on the board, but then you just go through these dry spells where nothing works. So I don't know, but I, I agree with you. It is the Calgary Flames. I've said it from day one. I like this team. I love this team. I've picked them as my Stanley Cup champion for the last two years. I just don't know why they can't get out of their own way. They're built great. They have a great defense. I like Markstrom. I like everything about him. So I hope they go on a streak. The way I see the standings right now, I think Calgary does get in. I think Winnipeg gets in. And I hope, and this is maybe me just hoping, I hope Seattle doesn't make it. I don't know. I don't think Seattle does anything in the playoffs. I think they go in, they just get waxed by either Dallas or Vegas, and it's not even a competition. I think Calgary and Winnipeg are just better suited for playoff hockey right now. Yeah, you but you love Calgary. I don't. I don't know why. And they, and they're a different team than they were last year. I know last year you were talking about like how strong they were and how physical and they could beat you in ten different ways. And then they traded away their their toughness and brought in some guys that aren't gelling the way that they thought they would. And I don't. I don't know what what the appeal is to this team for you. They didn't trade away their toughness. What do you mean, Kachuk? I mean Kachuk. Like like they're tougher superstar. Right. They're higher end. They got Nick Ritchie. They got Blake Coleman. Lucic is there, but. I'd like Mangiapane. I like Toffoli. I think those guys are good playoff performers. Elias Lindholm is a very underrated centerman. I think that's a 
decent first line. And this gets me to a point I was talking to you earlier in the show or before the show even started, I think. A team hasn't won the Stanley Cup that hasn't had a top 10 player in scoring. Calgary doesn't have anywhere near there. Nobody's producing in Calgary. I don't even think they have a guy in the top 25 in Calgary. When you look at other teams, they got a 90, an 85, 100, 120, 130 if you're Connor McDavid. Calgary's highest scoring guy right now is less than a point per game and Tyler Toffoli with 61 over 70 games. That's not going to cut it. You need to have that guy. And when you look in the East, every legit contender, except for the Carolina Hurricanes, has a guy who is scary offensively. Every single one. Toronto, Tampa Bay, the Rangers, the Bruins. Everybody has that guy or that line. That's the only thing that's holding the Calgary Flames back. And they thought Huberto was going to be that guy. He's not that guy. So, I don't know. I think well, they could be dangerous. I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders anymore. No, let's – the other stat that I pulled out that's similar to that. So, no one's won in – how many years back do you know? Remember that stat? Um, without having a top 10 goal scorer? It's over a decade. Yeah, I don't know the exact year, but okay. And the next one here is that no, I saw this on Daily Faceoff this morning. No team has won a cup without a player on their roster who's won before since 1989. So it would be good to like run the data on the teams. Maybe we can try to do it off the top of our heads of like all the contenders that that meet both of those criteria. Because it's not that many teams, obviously, that have top ten goal scorers. There's less than ten because some teams have multiple. And then among those teams, probably all of them have a guy on the team who's won before. You know. I don't know. I haven't even looked into that. No, sorry. Yeah, it'd be good to see, like, if you if you pulled both of those those uh, qualifications, how many teams are left. It's probably like maybe six, maybe five. It's not that many, and so you, it's probably a good indicator of what's going to happen in the playoffs. If you yeah, but that. going going to the top ten scores, when you look at the guys in the top ten, it's the contenders. It's Edmonton. It's Tampa Bay. It's Boston. It's Colorado. It's Dallas. It's New Jersey. Toronto, Florida, Toronto. Yeah, like, what team are you missing that is a Stanley Cup contender? It's the Hurricanes. That's it. I don't see any other legit Stanley Cup contender that you could add. And the Rangers, I guess, but they've had some injuries. But they're there. So there's something to be said for that. Like, if Zabinijad, I guess he has played a full season. But maybe it's the Rangers. You could throw them in there. I I don't know. I've said it all along with the Carolina Hurricanes. They needed a guy who can score when they needed a goal. They have a lot of great players like Sebastian Ajo is fantastic. Tuevo Teravainen, even when Stretchnikov was there, you need a guy that can just score when it's just the highest of height. It's overtime. You need a goal. There's two minutes left. Like that's when I want to have Kucherov out there. I know I can trust that guy. You know what I mean? The Hurricanes don't have that. They don't have that it factor. I think Matthews could do it. I know Pasternak and Marchant and Bergeron can do it. Teams have those guys. Carolina doesn't have it. Calgary doesn't have it. I think the top end teams do have those guys. So I think there is something to be said for that set. I, I really, truly believe that. So yeah, if I'm looking at two teams that I think are probably the most interesting where they could like that, that's who I'm watching the playoffs or they could even lose in the first round or they're capable of winning it all. And, and there's probably no in between. And those two teams are Edmonton from the West and the New York Rangers from the East. It's really interesting to see like how those the Rangers that they, they should be so good. They're so good on paper. Are you going to see Patrick Kane doing his thing, or is he going to be like continue to be average? 
with this new lineup? Are you going to see a healthy Tarasenko who's motivated, who's a big body scoring, big goals? Or is he going to be like a, a, an injury play guy that you don't really know what you're getting out of him? So seeing those two teams, I think is going to be so much fun to watch. I'm really interested to see what those two groups do. Yeah, don't look now. The Rangers, the last few games, they've they've looked really good. They waxed the president predator seven nothing last night. The day before that, they back to back games, Tim. Saturday, Sunday. They beat Pittsburgh six nothing, the Predators seven nothing. <laughs> That's pretty good. They've need, they've been playing really good hockey. I need to talk about this for a minute. We have it's our it's our playoffs for fantasy hockey <sighs> in our league. Uh, I know, six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six teams make it. So we had the uh, the first two teams got a bye. The the next four had a, their first round matchup ended last night. I'm winning all week against one of our listeners. It's like five to two, five to three, four to three. And then I lose. I lost last night because he picked up Jaroslav Halak, who's the backup goalie for the Rangers, who got a shutout last night. And he won the wins and the shutout category because of it. And I'm losing. I lost. That's it. Great pickup, but devastating, devastating way to lose. A backup goalie and ad gets a shutout on Sunday night in the late game. And that's how I lose. It's crazy. Only 22 safe shutout, too. Ugh. Ugh. That's just, I, I blame you more than anything else. You should have you yeah, yeah. known that. You got to pick him up. I had, no, I had all the goalies. I had like seven goalie starts, which is a lot. Usually it's like four or five, whatever. Now what it's just me care. and this guy in the finals. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good teams left, but it's going to be great. I've been having a great season. But, anyways, a couple more quick hits and then we'll get out of here. What are we talking about, Tim? Yeah, a couple of things, Harry. I saw a lot of hat tricks over the weekend, and I've been traveling, so I haven't been able to watch all the games. But you saw a hat trick from Jack Eichel last night. You saw one from Jesper Bratt. You saw one from uh, Boldy in Minnesota, which is pretty cool. There's not too often you see all those hat tricks so close together. Another thing here, uh, Roman Yossi is day to day, not believed to be serious. He should be fine. Nashville is kind of an interesting thing. We haven't talked about them, but they're just they won't go away. They're just far enough where they probably won't do anything, but close enough to make it interesting. Um, so we can kind of see what they do down the stretch here. And then another cool thing, Jeremy Swayman, friend of the show, we should bring him back on in the summer. Back-to-back shutouts, two straight shutouts for the Bruins, who were starting to falter a little bit, and then they're back on the winning ways with some big wins against Buffalo, and um, I forget who they played the other night. But, yeah, they, they're looking really good, and Swayman's playing really, really well. It'd be interesting to see how they split the goalie starts in the playoffs because they have two legit number ones, and Allmark's definitely game one starter, but – how much least does he have when you have a guy of Swayman's quality right there? What do you? How do you think they'll do that? I think it's all Mark's net for the whole playoffs. But, and but coaches have been bucking this trend lately, where they they give the backup games. I don't understand. So in the playoffs, I feel like goalies want to have the net. They want to have that confidence in their coach. Allmark is the best goal in the NHL right now. How much of it has to do with the team playing in front of him? I don't know, but you got to give him the net. Unless he gets hurt or he gets shelled and they're down three to one, then you go to Swayman. But right now it's all Mark's net. Because what you don't want to happen is if you're the Bruins is to just put a, a seed of doubt in all Mark's head. It's his net. You let him go. If they, if they go down two nothing, then you go to Swayman and you let Swayman run out with it. So, so you, don't, you don't really buy into the play till you lose mentality that coaches do sometimes for goalies. Um, not in the playoffs. No, I, I think you go with the guy who got you there. And I know Swayman has had a great season, but Allmark's the guy who's been your starter all season long. He's had a fantastic year. He's going to win the Vesna. You just have to play him. That's it. 
like I said, if he falters, if you're down by two, if it's three to one, two to nothing, and he's been playing really, really bad, then you switch it up. It's nice to have that luxury of a of a swayman, but you stick with Allmark. That that I I don't know why coaches do that. It's like just stick with one goal in the playoffs. Goaltenders, everyone that you talk to, every single one, they say, I want to know the net is mine. I want to play every single game, every single minute, especially in the playoffs. That's my net. And you don't want to have that inkling of, okay, well, I better make the save or I'm going to get, you know, taken out next game. That's not the mentality you want to have if you're a goalie because they're all a little bit weird. They want to know that the coach has their back. All right, what else, Tim? Well, there are a few uh, interesting goalie splits that we can talk about maybe next week as we get closer to the playoffs because the Wild have a really interesting split. Someone sent that in the other day, too. Gustafson's played 32. Flurry's played 41. Gustafson's numbers and Gustafson's numbers are slightly better. Who do you go with? You go with Flurry. Uh, yeah. You threw out the quick thing the other day. Most of the listeners are saying it's still Thompson's net and 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 not quick. And so, like, let's see how that plays out. What they're, And there's probably a few others, too. It'd be interesting to talk about that. No, it's fun when everybody's wrong and they just don't believe me. It'll be quick starting game one. It'll be Flurry starting game one for Minnesota. And it should be Omar starting game one, two, three, four, and beyond for the Boston Bruins. I got a, a quick little story that I loved. Coming out of Montreal, Martin St. Louis. So they've been having a tough season. Everybody knows Montreal. They had a little bit of an issue after uh, a game they lost. They had a meeting the next morning. No, no, no skate, just a meeting. One of their players showed up late. Jonathan Drouin, everybody's favorite, Jonathan Drouin. The guy just can't seem to stay out of trouble ever since he's entered the NHL back with Tampa Bay, getting sent down to Syracuse, trying to figure out who is this player coming to Montreal. He's had some mental issues. I don't know what happened, but he left the team, came back. He's been having an okay season. Pretty, you know, putting up some points, staying under the radar, all things considered, everything I've heard, doing all the right things. Well, he missed the team meeting. Martin St. Louis, Martin, I loved what he did. He said, you're benched for the next game. Well, lo and behold, there was an injury by one of their guys before they played St. Louis. Caden Gould got hurt. That means Drew Ann had to play. So they dress him. You're in the lineup. What does Martin do? He sits on the whole game. I love it. I love everything about this. Drew Ann sat on the bench the whole entire game versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was pissy. He was annoyed. You could tell he was frustrated. It was fantastic. This was for a team that has no business benching a guy of his talent with the guys that are out. They're they're missing all their first and second line, and they benched him, and I think it's great. It sends a great message. Martin is not messing around. He's the coach of that team. If you miss If you miss a meeting, if you're late for a meeting, boom, consequences. I love it. I don't know if most coaches would do that in this day and age. It's it's definitely a player league now. Martin's an old school guy. He he gained a lot of respect from me, if that means anything, for, but from a lot of guys around the league, I, I think really like that. Did you see that, Tim? Tim, you probably loved it because you want everyone to get along and you like, you know, a consequence free, consequence free environment. And so you probably were stressed out about this whole thing. No, I loved it too. Um, I, I actually didn't see that because I, I loved uh, when he said he, when he sat him, I didn't realize that he, ended up playing him for the game out of necessity and then didn't let him play the entire game. So that was pretty cool. I I did see that. I saw that he was scratched and, and missed the meeting because of, um, or he got, he got kicked out for missing the meeting, but I didn't see that he ended up playing just out of necessity because of the injury and then didn't play the entire game. I love that too. That's a, that's a great coaching move. A good lesson, important lesson for the kid. He's not even a kid anymore. I still think of Drew Ann is being like a young, like up and coming player. He's not, 
He's been around for like how long? When was he drafted? Like a decade ago? He must have been drafted over 10 years ago because I remember I played against him when he was in Syracuse, and that was the first stretch of him being punished by the Tampa Lightning because he couldn't get his act together. But maybe maybe that was eight years ago because the kid's what, 28, 27? So he's been in the Yeah, so he's been in the league a long time. This is his eighth year. He just hasn't figured it out. You know, it's too bad because he was supposed to be a really, really good talent. What a trade for Sergachev. Man, it's such a a great trade for the Tampa Bay Lightning. When you look at what Drouin's done, and he's got issues, you know, that I'm not downplaying that. Everybody has their issues, but what a trade. <laughs> what a trade. Sergeyev's been playing great. Duran's just swinging a miss for the Montreal Canadiens. All right. Anything else, Tim? No, I got uh, a little bit of work to do at the hotel, and then I'm heading up to Atlanta tonight. So, Oh, A-Town. All right. Well, check out uh, they don't have any sports teams, do they? Falcons Braves. are done. They got the Braves. I don't think baseball's in session. They got a basketball team. Hawks, go check out a basketball game. We will be back on Wednesday. We're going to have a nice interview with Kevin Bieksa for Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope everybody has a good week and uh, we'll talk to you later. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 